Welcome to the First United Methodist Church. We hope our sermon broadcast will bless you. All right, our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 27 through 32, and it says this, Afterwards, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at a kiosk for collecting taxes. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Levi got up and left everything behind and followed him. And then Levi threw a great banquet for Jesus in his home. A large number of tax collectors and others sat down to eat with them. And the Pharisees and their legal experts grumbled against his disciples. And they said, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered, healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. I didn't come to call righteous people, but sinners to change their hearts and their lives. And then from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verse 1 through 2. So what are we going to say? Should we continue sinning so grace will multiply? Absolutely not. All of us died to sin. How can we still live in it? If you would, please pray with me. It's good to be together, God, on these screens and with these people, together listening for your voice and united by your spirit. In this time of worship, tell us about your kingdom of love and kindness so that we can seek it. Show us your justice. We want to walk with you humbly, closely, and daily. Amen. Well, today we are concluding our sermon series, Heretic, throughout which we have been looking at commonly held beliefs that don't necessarily align with the Christian tradition. And so far we looked at, is Jesus just a good moral teacher, or is he the divine son of God? We compared the beliefs, the Christian beliefs of resurrection to those of reincarnation, and we looked at whether the Bible is just one of many books that point to the same spiritual truths. Today we're going to look at the idea, is being a good person enough? So all religions sort of have this underlying idea that you ought to be a good person. But is that what the Christian faith is all about? Is it simply about being good? And is there then really no difference between Christianity and other faiths? That they all boil down to making sure that we live a good life, doing good deeds, being good people. And while the way that we live does matter in the Christian faith, the belief that the Christian faith is simply about being a good person actually doesn't really align with traditional Christian belief. I think we often boil the Christian faith down to loving our neighbors. In other words, right? Being a good person. After all, Jesus told us that the most important commandment was to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Your pastor preaches it all the time. But that's what we ought to be doing as Christians. And for many of us, I think we have this picture of the afterlife in which good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. Right? God sits on the throne judging whether a person has been good enough to get through the pearly gates of heaven or whether they'll spend eternity in the fiery pits of hell. The first episode of the TV show, The Good Place, opens with this premise that in order to get to the good place versus, of course, going to the bad place, is all based on a point system, right? You earn certain points for good acts in your life, and you get negative points for bad acts. And at the end of your life, if you're in the positive, you get to go to the good place. 
So for example, reading a book to a child plus 0.069 points. You got to read a lot of books to get very far on that one. Purifying a water source for a village of 250 people plus 295.98 points. Fail to disclose a camel's illness when selling your camel, negative 22.22 points. Ruin opera with boorish behavior, negative 90.90 points. Then there are big value behaviors. If you could end slavery, positive 814,292.09 points. But if you commit genocide, negative 433,115.25 points. Just so you know, if you end slavery by committing genocide, you're still up about 400,000 points. I mean, right, the problem is we don't always know what's good and bad. And what is the value of our good acts versus the negative values of our bad acts? And so how good is good enough or how bad is too bad? If we could just see the scorecard, right, we could work towards ensuring that we were in the positive numbers at the end of our lives, that we were at least just good enough to get into the good place. And I think for a lot of us, it's sort of the way we think about God and the afterlife and the Christian faith. We believe the only thing that God really cares about is how good we are, right? And the judgment of our value and our worth as a person is dependent on it. I mean, after all, right, God made us and then he gave us these laws to follow and sent prophets to tell us when we weren't doing a good job following all those laws and how we needed to live better. And then he became incarnate in Jesus Christ to demonstrate how we're meant to live, how we're meant to be good people. And he commands us, right, to love God and to love our neighbor. I think it's easy to boil it down to our relationship with God is just about being a good person. And I think in some ways we use this to dismiss our need to do other things, right? I don't, I don't really need to go to church or read my Bible or serve or pray or give as, as long as I'm a good person. That's all that really counts. But historically, this isn't what Christians believed. They've resisted this idea that the Christian faith is simply about being a good person. So what's wrong with this? And if this isn't what Christianity is about, what is it about then? What characterizes our relationship with God? And what's the real point of Christianity if it's not just working really hard to be a good person? I mean, Luke 5 tells the story of Jesus um, inviting Levi to come and follow him. And I think it helps us to understand a little bit about the Christian faith. So in the story, just to kind of recap, I read it at the beginning of service, but Jesus invites Levi to come and follow him. He's a tax collector. And so Levi drops everything and follows Jesus. And he throws him a big party, a big banquet at his home. And among the people attending are other tax collectors, because of course, who else would be Levi's friend? And when Jesus sits down to eat, he sits down and he eats with the tax collectors. And the Pharisees and the legal experts, they began to complain to Jesus' disciples, like, why does he eat with the tax collectors and the other sinners? Right? And our relationship with God is dependent on being a good person. If that is the goal of the Christian faith, then why was Jesus hanging out with the bad people? I mean, the tax collectors were the worst. 
They were Jews who actually worked for the Roman government that was occupying the Jewish people who had come and conquered them. And so Jews saw tax collectors as traitors. But even worse is that they didn't really get a salary for um, collecting taxes. They were expected just to charge a little bit extra to make a living. But many of them were corrupt, and they charged more than just a little extra, taking far too much. And so they were hated and despised and seen as thieves. The Pharisees, well, I think often we give them a bad name. I mean, they were the good people. They dedicated their lives to God. They were devoted to following all those laws, right? Like if we lined up their points, they had to be in the positive. And yet Jesus is hanging out, not with the Pharisees, not with the good people, but he's hanging out with the tax collectors and the other sinners, the people whose totals were definitely in the negative. The problem was, was the Pharisees, they didn't really think that they needed Jesus. Because they thought they were getting it all right. right. They thought that they were good people. In fact, probably most of them thought they were better than everybody else. But Levi, on the other hand, he knew he was a sinner. He knew that his life needed to change. And he desired to follow Jesus. And he knew at the end of the day that even though he hadn't gotten it right in the past and there was times in the future that he would still mess up, that Jesus would love him. And this story tells us that the Christian faith isn't about being perfect. That instead of just claiming that we are good people, we actually need to recognize that we're sinful people and that we're all in need of Jesus. Striving for perfection isn't really what God wants for us. Because at the end of the day, none of us can ever achieve it. And when that's what we're striving for, to be perfect, to get everything right all the time, like, right, we always end up just feeling like we've fallen short, that we've let people down, that we haven't accomplished enough. And at some point, we have to recognize that no matter how much we try to get things right, We're all sinners. We're all going to get it wrong. We all are in need of a Savior. We're all in need of Jesus. So if the purpose of our life is to be a good person so that God can approve of our, our, our behaviors, our life, so that God will love us, so that we don't spend eternity in hell, we literally end up living a life of hell. Because it's exhausting to make sure that we've loved enough or served enough or given enough or are nice enough. If we've demonstrated justice enough. I think that's why the Pharisees and the legal officials end up being so judgy at the end of the day. Because they're trying so hard to be perfect. And yet deep inside I think they know that they've fallen short. And so looking at somebody else and being able to say, well, at least I'm not like them, gives them a little bit of solace and perhaps some hope, right? Because if faith is all about making sure that you're a good enough person, and yet we don't have the score sheet of what that looks like, like the only thing we can do then is to compare ourselves to one another, 
And so being able to point out someone else's shortfalls provides them hope that maybe their score is good enough to go to the good place. The reality is that if our whole life is spent in pursuit of trying to be a good person, a goal that we are never able to accomplish, right? We just end up exhausted and discouraged, right? Like how many people do you know that think that they can never walk into a church because they've messed up so bad? I mean, (laughs) I can tell you, do weddings nowadays and you meet those people. I mean, they walk into the church with trepidation, Because they love their friends so much, they're here, but they're waiting for God to strike them down with lightning the whole time because they don't think they're worthy to be here. But scripture says we aren't good people. That we never will be good enough to earn God's love. That in fact, we are all sinners. And we don't like to hear that we miss the mark. And some of us, in a way, you know, are sinners in ways that, you know, maybe are easy to hide from other people. So we can still give this, like, persona that we're perfect in some way, like the Pharisees and the legal experts. For others of us, maybe our sin just defines who we are in the eyes of others, right? Like the tax collectors or the prostitutes or the adulterers of Jesus' time. No matter who we are and what mistakes we've made or haven't made, if we are trying to be perfect so that we can be loved by God, we're going to fail. Acknowledging our sin allows us to see our need for Jesus' help. It helps us to see that we need a Savior. We need Jesus in our lives. Right? Versus the Pharisees who just thought they were good people. They didn't need Jesus. Right? The sinners, they knew They knew they needed a savior. The problem with believing that we're good is it keeps us, right, in this pattern of not recognizing that we're sinners at the end of the day and that we need forgiveness and we need someone who releases us from the the things that we've done wrong. I've often heard that hell described as the separation from God. I've always kind of liked that. I think when we don't see our need for God, right, we begin to become separated from God. Right, like those Pharisees, they didn't really see their need for God. They just thought they had it all together, f- fulfilling all those laws. And in reality, their relationship with God got farther and farther apart. And so this idea of trying to be perfect actually causes us to live in hell right now. The starting point of the Christian faith is to recognize that we aren't good people, but we are in fact sinners. And because Jesus didn't come for perfect people, Jesus came actually to invite us to be forgiven people. This passage in Luke ends with Jesus' answer to the Pharisees and the legal experts grumbling at that dinner as he eats with the tax collectors and sinners. And he says this, Healthy people don't need a doctor but sick people do. I didn't call, come to call righteous people, but sinners to change their hearts and lives. Right? If we're really good people, 
then Jesus isn't for us. But if you're a sinner, Jesus came for you. That even when you don't get it right, when you miss the mark, there's still opportunity to repent. And you know that God is there extending forgiveness despite it all. I think the church has so often got this wrong. <laughs> you know, we're more like the Pharisees than like Jesus. It's supposed to be a place, a hospital for sinners, not a home for saints. And yet I think we tend to push people away who we decide aren't in the good list. But Jesus hung out with those sinners and those tax collectors. He invited them to accept forgiveness. Again, if you think you're perfect, there's no room for Jesus in your life. But if you recognize that no matter how hard you try, you still fall short, Jesus is there extending forgiveness. And that doesn't mean that you can just go out and do whatever you want to do then, because at the end of the day, it'll all be forgiven, right? Like, I grew up in the sort of Catholic part of Bay City, um, and knew lots of people who really believe this, like confession is a sacrament in the Catholic Church, right? So they kind of thought, I can do whatever I want all week long, as long as Sunday morning I go to confession, and it'll all be wiped away. Bonhoeffer, theologian used to call this cheap grace, right? Believing that forgiveness will just come over and over again without you actually ever being repentful for what you did wrong. Paul says this in his letter to the Romans. So what are you going to say? Should we continue sinning so grace will multiply? Do we keep sinning just believing that We'll be more blessed because God will have to pour out more and more grace on us to forgive us for all those sins. Jesus says, absolutely not, or Paul rather, absolutely not. All of us die to sin. How can we still live in it? Right? It's not that how we live doesn't matter. But we don't live to earn God's approval or love. We choose to live in a different way because we have so much gratitude for God's forgiveness and God's love in our lives. Our good works ought to be a response to God's love, not a prerequisite for it. We think about the relationships that you have with other people, maybe a spouse or a family member or your children. Are you trying to earn their love? Or do you just love them out of gratitude? And because they love you, you desire to love them back. Our good works ought to be birthed out of that gratitude, not to try to get God to love us. Christians aren't necessarily good people, but we are people that are grateful for God and try to live into that gratitude. So this is why we don't say that the Christian faith is just about being a good person. It's not about being good or about being bad. Rather, the Bible says that we ought to be people who recognize that we are sinful people. Recognize that we are, need a Savior. 
And that in Jesus we have that Savior and we are a forgiven people. And that we ought to be a people who recognize and have gratitude for God's love and live a life out of that gratitude. Perfectionism, I think, separates us from God because we don't think we need God. And sometimes sinfulness separates us from God because we think that there's no forgiveness, that we're always trying to earn God's love. But that's not the case. God loves you no matter what. And there's nothing that you can do to earn it. If you would, please pray with me. Jesus, today we will stop trying to earn your love. Instead, we recognize that we are sinful in ways large and small. We don't live the way that you would want us to live. We ask for your forgiveness. And we ask that you help us to live a life as you created us to live. And we thank you for what you do for us, not because we deserve it, but because you love us. And help us live out of gratitude for you today and each day. And as we live, help us to do far more than we could ever do on our own. Amen.